and welcome. We're the Pandemic Professors. With puppies. Coming to you pre-recorded. Using Zoom. 12 miles apart. With face masks at the ready. I'm Dr. Bowers. And I'm Dr. Barfield. And we're here with you now for connection. Comedy. And comfort. Have you seen all the choices parents are facing as their kids go back to school? It must be so tough. I can't imagine trying to decide. Yeah, some of them are face-to-face, some online, and others a mix of both. You gotta think about what's best for the kids. They're all so different. Today we're gonna talk to Nick and Ann. They have a daughter, Maddie, who's going into third grade. They're currently weighing out all of their options as Maddie starts back to school. Let's find out what they have to say. Could you start by telling us what the options are for sending your child back to school in the fall? Radford City Schools first surveyed us at the beginning of the summer. They started with what are parents interested in, what are kids interested in, and there were wide-ranging options from five days a week right back at it full-time to some semblance of like a hybrid, so many days a week in school, so many days a week at home, maybe even half days. That was one option. And then an all-virtual option was also kind of on the table. Over the course of the summer, that's narrowed into three options. You can send your child back on a hybrid plan, which would be two days a week, full days, face-to-face. The class will be divided in half, so half will go on Monday and Thursday, then the other half will go on Tuesday and Friday, and then Wednesday will be a virtual online day for everybody, and then supplementing throughout the week in other various ways. I think they're using Wednesday to also deep clean the school, I think, is what they're doing. And then the other option is what they're calling virtual Radford. And it's a completely virtual option. And I guess there's also virtual Virginia, which is its own separate thing. There's reciprocity there that you could choose to opt into. But those are the three choices that were ultimately put before us after the school board looked at all the all the options. What are some of the pros, some of the cons, and maybe some of the emotional differences even as you look at the choices? So it's been quite a journey for us. When they first rolled out the options, since Nick and I work full-time, Maddie loves being in school. She's very social. She wants to be at school in the classroom with her friends. Right away, we were like, the five-day option, that's what we want. And according to the school, after their survey results, that's the majority of what people wanted was the five days a week. To really, I think, be able to meet the CDC standards, they just couldn't make that happen. So then they morphed into these other options. And as the summer has gone on, all of the coronavirus cases have been spiking. That has definitely caused us to pause and think about how we feel about that. Because when they first surveyed us, cases were low. So we felt safe about sending Maddie back. At that point, we felt really good about our decision. Now that cases have been spiking, it really caused us to kind of rethink things. Nick is going to be working primarily from home in the fall. I'm going to be working remotely from home. So then we kind of started talking about, okay, so if we don't feel comfortable going to our place of work, do we feel comfortable sending our child to school? Is it different for her than it is for us? And in some ways, I think it can be because it seems like cases aren't as common among children, or if they do get it, it's not as severe. So then we started considering online option only, but we all kind of got thrown into homeschooling online option in March through May of last year. And for us, it just wasn't 
I think the ideal scenario as we were trying to work and trying to help her with school, she wanted to be back with her friends. And I think being an only child, that kind of adds to it as well. We've kind of had this pandemic pod, as Nick has termed it. There's really like two main families that we've interacted with throughout all of this. We kind of know what they're doing. They know what we're doing. And so we kind of feel safe in that. Then we started thinking, well, what if we just homeschool and completely do our own thing? I got a bunch of moms together earlier this week, and half of them are homeschool moms, and the other half are trying to make their decision about are they going to send their kids back to public schools. And I think that really helped solidify for us kind of what we knew already, what was best for our family. But I think fear was kind of impacting our decision. What were some of the things they shared? Each mom kind of went around and, and shared what they're thinking, what their process was. And some of the moms shared that when they were forced to do the homeschool option in March through May, how their kids thrived in that environment. And so that really fueled them to want to become homeschooling moms. And for us, I think we had a very opposite reaction that homeschooling was not a good option for us or for our daughter. And I think just knowing that her being in school is going to be where she's going to thrive and be most successful, that's going to allow us to be able to do our jobs better to our ability because we want to give our all to our jobs. We also want to give our all to our child. And when you're trying to do both, it's really challenging. That must be really challenging and different for everybody you really kind of have to just decide what's going to be best for your child. We sat down with Maddie and talked through it, and she begged us, please let me go back to school. <laughs> and so we talked through that, and we explained, you know, at any point this could change. If we are concerned, we might move to online. If the school starts to have a lot of cases, they might switch everybody to online. We preface that this is our plan for now, but we'll kind of see what happens. She seems on board with that. I think the school has done a great job. The school board had their meeting last week where they kind of rolled out their plan. They've had so much input as they've made their decision. They've reached out to pediatricians in the area. They've been working with the local health department. They had teachers, staff members, parents involved. I feel like they are really trying to do their best and they know it's not ideal for them either. They're all going to wear gaiters. The gaiters are great because they can just pull them up when they have to go in the hallway when they won't have that distance between one another. So I think they're, they're trying to make it the best situation they can. And how old is your daughter? Our daughter is eight and yeah. she will be going into third grade. What was she missing about being in the classroom? She really thrives in a structured environment where she's moving from task to task. She's getting a lot of feedback. She likes to be challenged. Like Anne was saying, it sort of felt like there was this feeling of, especially in like March and April, if I got two hours of work done a day, that felt like a good day. It's like, wow, I got a lot done today. I just had to let go of all these expectations of productivity. I don't know how two introverted parents produced an extroverted kid, but her batteries come recharged when she's around people. She was just withering. <laughs> so the whole concept of the pandemic pod, you know, where these two families have two of her best friends in them, that really, I think, injected life into her. 
during the early days of being locked down. She adores her teachers. She adores all the other teachers and aides that work there. And she said, please don't homeschool me. (laughs) (laughs) The other consideration for us too was the financial piece of it that a friend pointed out to me and kind of helped me understand is that uh, Radford City Schools stands to lose about $8,000 per kid that's disenrolled because the state appropriates money per per student enrolled. Each parent needs to make decisions for themselves and other parents should be really gracious to other parents and not judgy about if you're choosing virtual and online, great. If you're sending your kid to school, great. If you're homeschooling, great. Let's just support each other. But that was a factor for us is that we didn't want to see a school district that already struggles financially lose more income. And the nice thing about the hybrid online through the school, they'll let you move back and forth. If we need to pull back and say, hey, this isn't going well, there's a big spike in cases or something like that, then that's fine, we can do that. Do you have much communication with the teachers? And what are they saying? At least from March to May, her teacher called us once a week to check in, see how we were doing. There were all kinds of online applications that our daughter used, and so she could get feedback on the items that she was submitting. At that point, they didn't really know what the plans were going to be. Personally, we don't have a whole lot of friends that are teachers. We have a a friend who's a teacher at the high school. You've probably talked to him more. My friend who works at the high school, he's talked about that there is this sense that they feel too of responsibility to the community that when schools aren't open, it's dropping a stone in the water that ripples out in so many different ways for for folks, especially for families that are wage earners or single parent families where it's really difficult to arrange childcare. It definitely is a whole community-wide issue. And I think they're very aware of that and trying to navigate that as best as they can. Do you have any advice on how to talk to your child about going back? I know you mentioned Maddie's pretty excited about going and seeing her friends, which many children probably are very excited. But for those that have concerns or any anxiety, what would you say to them? We tend to be pretty open with Maddie. So we're used to just having these open conversations with her. We just were at dinner and we've explained, these are our two options for the school. You could go back two days a week or you could be completely online. And for her, it was a no-brainer. But then we explained it's going to look different than what you're used to. And so we talked through those differences about how she'd be eating lunch in her classroom and how she would have the masks, which she was really excited to eat lunch in her classroom. Like that seemed like a fun novel thing for her. We kind of talked through how it would be different And we just asked her, is there anything that you're concerned with? Do you have anything you want to talk about? And she was like, nope, sounds great. I'm in. (laughs) So I'm sure it's different for every child. And there may be some children who are really going to struggle with all these changes. I think it's hard to not have a consistent schedule. I think everything I've ever read as a parent is consistency and having a schedule so children know what to expect. So I am concerned about how that's gonna impact children who go to school on Monday, are home Tuesday, Wednesday, and then go back on Thursday, especially for kids who struggle with wanting to go to school anyways, just having those open lines of communication and just checking in with your child, see how they're doing and watching their behavior too. Sometimes that speaks louder than their words do. If they're having a lot of outbursts, if they're having issues, that's kind of an indicator. They're stressed, things are hard, we need to talk. 
we've come to learn from our daughter that when she's angry and mad and being rude at us, there's the one time out of 10, she's just being a punk and that's fine. But usually nine times out of 10, she's trying to communicate some kind of need to us that something's not right and she needs something, trying to attune to her and hear what's going on. This was not an easy decision. And I feel like we've been up and down so much with it. I think actually that more of these kinds of conversations will happen with her as the school year commences and as she gets in there and she sees how different it is and her own emotions about the coronavirus have gone all over the place. I mean, she would just be laying in bed crying and talking about how much she hated the coronavirus because it was taking her life away from her. Like, I can absolutely relate to that. That honestly isn't even on her mind as much. She's adapted and adjusted, but it's going to come back on her mind again when she's around other people. We're going to have more of these conversations with her as the school year kicks into full gear. She hasn't been out of the house much other than playing outside or we've taken her on a shopping run maybe one or two times. She's going to encounter things that she hasn't encountered here over the last couple months that's going to bring up feelings for her and questions for her that we'll have to navigate. It really is how the parents present it to the children. It's totally understandable as a parent to have all the emotions. You might be angry with the options. You might be frustrated working that out inside yourself, with friends, with your partner, rather than presenting and projecting all of that to your child like this is the worst decision ever and I wish you could just go five days a week. I think trying to isolate the child from all that you're thinking and feeling about the options, just trying to have the best positive perspective you can have as you prepare them for this new challenge, informing them, but trying to frame it in a positive way so that they can feel excited about school, they can feel good about that decision. So from a parent perspective, it sounds like there's clearly a lot of emotions going on. What would you say directly to parents about how they're feeling and what has helped you navigate these emotions at this point? Yeah, I would say just what Ann said, you are not alone. <laughs> Literally every parent I've talked to, it's like, oh yeah, you feel that way too, huh? On Monday, I felt this. And on Friday, I felt this. It's sort of like I've, I've gone through the five stages of grief rather rapidly and multiple times over the last several months from denial to acceptance and everything in between. Just that you're not alone in these emotions and that there's really no one right decision for everybody. I think what Ann just said is really good. And I, I, it's not just good in a pandemic. I think it's good advice all the time, which is to work out whatever's going on inside for you first before you come and talk to your, to your kid about that. There are a lot of things that are up and down. And that's really hard sometimes, I think, as a parent to shield your kid from all of your own emotional work and challenge that you're doing in the moment. <laughs> I tell you what's been so challenging is just the mixed messaging that happens about what's going on in the world right now. It's been hard to sort through that at times. I think, again, relying on our friends and people in our, our little community here to make heads and tails of all the mixed information about what the really the state of affairs and the things that are going on. My natural leaning is to be anxious and to be worried and to think worst case scenario. So I need people, and they know this about me, just to kind of pull me back a little bit and say, well, maybe it's not that bad, and vice versa for others. You're not alone in those feelings, and it's good to seek people out who 
you can process those feelings with before you start making decisions. And it'll depend on your kid's age. If my daughter were, if she were 16 and she were a sophomore in high school, I would be having a different kind of conversation and dialogue with her about it than as an eight-year-old. But I think one piece of advice that is just to be be kind to yourself and give yourself a lot of flexibility. <laughs> That's what I was going to say is just self-care. At my work, they've even done a session on how to handle everything that's happening and kind of help you through that. And they just kept reminding you it's important to take care of yourself too. Even if that means you need to take a little bit of time away from your kids, from your spouse, you just, you need to take care of yourself. What are you talking about? Um, I'm, I'm all the self-care <laughs> you ever need. <laughs> I read something the other day, whatever brings you joy right now, just cling to that, you know? And I think that's so true. Here in Radford, there's a recycling center you have to take your stuff to. And this was very bold on the part of this person. I don't know who they were, just a random person dropping recycling off. Had a little more pizza boxes and beer bottles than normal. And uh, and they were like, it's like you had a good week. And uh, it's like, oh man, <laughs> maybe that's not the good kind of self-care. <laughs> Yeah, we got Nick um, Mario Odyssey for Father's Day, and all three of us have beaten the game already. Like, <laughs> Well, it sounds like your family is having a lot of fun, even as you make these very difficult decisions about going back to school in the fall. And this has certainly been eye-opening for me to hear the experience, not only for you as parents, but also for Maddie. It's difficult, but there is also a lot of fun in the journey. Yes, I want to say the same thing, not having kids myself. I've been wondering what they've been going through. We've all had to go through something through this, and it's clearly a, a different situation. And I've talked to my sister, who's going through that with her kids. It's nice to hear that you're staying positive. I really appreciate you talking to us about it. Thanks for having us. Yeah, thank you. There are many ways to contact us, and we want to hear from you. You can go to our website, pandemicprofessors.wordpress.com and look for the link that says, click here to leave us a voice message. Or you can email us, pandemicprofessors at gmail.com. Send us an idea for a podcast episode. Drop us a note of encouragement. Or send a shout out to someone you're missing. And we may even put it on the air. Pandemic Professors is a podcast on belonging and connection in the midst of the coronavirus. Hosted by Dr. West Bowers. And Dr. Sterling Barfield. We bring together the community of the New River Valley for conversations, comedy, and comfort.